up, everybody? It's time for another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with Joey Vera of Armored Saint. Check it out. The Ghost Cult Magazine podcast welcomes in the great Joey Vera of Armored Saint. How are you doing today, Joey? Doing very well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here, man. Awesome to hear from you. Uh, So excited for this brand new Armored Saint album, the evocatively titled... Punching the Sky coming out October 23rd on Metal Blade. And uh, just, uh, you know, first off, I- I've been trying to do this kind of check-in before we go down a rabbit hole, talk about heavy metal and life. I just want to make sure you're well, your family's well, the band is well. It's been such a stressful and crazy year. Uh, I just like to check in with people on a human level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I'm one of the fortunate ones. Uh, everything's cool with uh, our side, my family, friends, parents, uh, you know, close relatives, everybody in the band, fine. Um, we've been, you know, relatively unscathed by all this stuff. I mean, at least uh, physically, you know. Um, so, you know, we're hanging in there. We're just playing by the rules, trying to, trying to, you know, help this thing go away somehow. And, uh, you know, just trying to do our parts. And, uh, you know, the band uh, can't play anywhere we can't tour anywhere so uh we're just putting all of those things kind of on hold but um but everything else we're just trying to just keep moving forward and uh enjoy life as much as we can right on right on family time and things like that personal time uh i'm sure this is the first time in in a long time when you're not making a record that you're not on the road getting ready to promote a record or have a record release show plan it's got to be strange well, this is this. It's weird for me personally. This has been the first summer I've been home. I can't even remember. Maybe like at least fourteen years or fifteen years or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I'm normally gone at least for two to three weeks during the summer um, to do some sort of festival or a, or some touring in summer season. You know. But this is the first time I've been home the entire summer. Um, so part of that was great because uh, I got to enjoy just hanging out with my family and, you know, barbecue every day. And, we, you know, I live in California, so we have great weather all the time. And, um, just So I've been lucky in that sense. Uh, you know, I did lose a lot of work this summer. But on the other hand, I've, it's been nice to be able to just hang out with my family all summer. That is the silver lining, it seems, uh, and I'm glad for that. I'm glad for you and the gang. Um, but yeah, tough on our whole industry, tough on you guys, tough to lose that kind of income. Uh, but on the plus side, I'm grateful that you're putting this record out. Some bands are not able to put a record out or chose not to. But you guys are. Uh, so Punching the Sky, what a <laughs> what a title. And I wanted to kind of start there. It's a very, uh, obviously, there's lyric in the album that has that, but I just wanted to kind of discuss... You guys always have very clever and you know thoughtful titles, so I wanted to start there. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we we um, we were toying with the different ideas of what to call a record, and um, standing on the shoulders of giants was was possibly one. But uh, we 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 kind of did this on our last Wind Hands Down record. You know, Wind Hands Down is named after the first track of the record. Wind hands down and 
the title, you know, we, that's when they titled the record, first song on the record. And so didn't really want to repeat ourselves again this time. So we tossed around different ideas, tossed around ideas of calling it something completely different. Um, but this lyric kept popping out to me. Um, and so I brought it up to John and I go, you know, this, this lyric, this line is so colorful, you know, it, 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 it evokes a lot of different imagery in it, and I think it could have this kind of, uh, you know, uh, it could be allegorical in a lot of different ways. It could mean several different things, you know, um, and it's very, it's just very visual. So um, I said, you know, I may, let's, let's think about doing that. It would be cool, just taking a lyric from a song and naming the album after that. Uh, so after we kind of hashed that out and talked about it, um, I, I'm always one who likes to have, you know, everything should have a meaning and a purpose to me. Uh, everything, the music, uh, the overdubs in the music, the way that songs are arranged, um, the order of the songs, the artwork of the album, uh, the title of the album. I mean, all those things play a big part into the whole piece of art. That's how I look at it. Um, so for me, when I started to think about it, um, you know, John wrote the lyric. Um, the lyrics are, are basically, in a, in a nutshell, but kind of about perseverance. And um, I think that he, when he wrote the lyric, he was referring, he was reading that line as a little bit, as more of a literal sense of literally punching the sky, raising your fist towards the towards the air in the sky, in a in a in a sort of gesture of of victory or success, you know, getting through something that's, you know, some adversity or some whatever, going through life and persevering and raising your fist, you know, succeeding at that. But I, I was sort of trying to think of it in, the, in a more allegorical way that to me it's, it began to represent us as a band um, and our sense of always trying to move forward and break through barriers and um, take chances with our songwriting and just trying to grow as songwriters, grow as people, grow as humans, as fathers and as brothers and husbands and, and just people and become better humans, you know. And so it began to take on this different meaning for me that it represented this effort of ours or this sort of gesture that we are con continually trying to evolve and become better at what we do. And so it's almost like telling, it's almost like saying punching the sky is like we're going, we're going beyond the sky. Like the sky is not the limit. We're, we want to go further than that. So, um, you know, this part of it too, where we're, we're an older band, we've been around a long time and so we've been able to weather a lot of things uh, as a band, and we're still here, and that means a lot to us. So I think the fact that we can still do these things now, 57 years old later, <laughs> um, is uh, it's a testament to our band, you know? And so I, I think um, I, that's how I, I'm looking at this record, the title and everything. It, mean, it means a lot to me that we're still moving in the right direction. At least I think so. <laughs> I dig it. And what a juxtaposition of the two ideas. Uh, 
It's very John Bushian to have those like overcoming the odds lyrics too. That's like his thing. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a frequent it's, it's topic. Written, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has written about that before. I'm <clears throat> um, head on as much about that, and uh, there's, there's several songs he's written that it's on the same same topic. You know, I, I think there's a there's a real a real conscious effort on his part as as a person. Um, to be evolving and to try to become a better person. And not that he was ever a bad person, because he never never was a bad person, but you know, he's got a family and he's got kids and he he's he sees himself as an example that he's setting for his own kids and his own his he wants his kids to have a good future that he's having. So he he is always looking inward, you know. And so I think maybe this is the reason why he keeps coming back to it. This is my perception, by the way. He, he <laughs> might tell you something totally different. <laughs> right on, right on. And yeah, and of course, yeah, John's great, and uh, it's always awesome. I'm, uh, one of the things you touched on there in that first little riff there was, um, you know, about albums because you know Armit Saint has you know has had hits, but has really been an album band. And I think it's a weird time where I love streaming. But it really is kind of changing the culture to peop to fans to become kind of more geared towards singles and videos and EPs, especially now with the corona and a lot of like record release, you know, Bandcamp Day tomorrow and things like that. So I really like this album. I like that it's a complete album. There's no filler. All the songs are great. It's not. I'm not just saying that they are. And uh, it's interesting to me that you still the band still cares about that and you still care about that. Absolutely. I mean, we've always cared about that. We were always about that. Those, those are the, we grew up in the 70s, and to me, uh, a lot of the records that came out in the 70s were the same way. And, and just the overall experience of listening to a record was done much differently than it is now. Um, so, uh, you know, I try to replicate and to duplicate and to and to present ourselves in that same way. You know, I mean. We grew up listening on headphones with an LP, and the experience of not multitasking. Multitasking was not part of any of the equations before 1992 or something, you know? So just uh, sit down and close your eyes and put on headphones, listen to side one, and when side one was done, you get up, turn the record over, and you go back, sit down again, read the lyrics if you want you got the big gatefold in front of you i mean the whole thing was like a ritual you know and so this is something that really has been lost over the years um and you know it's unfortunate you can't change people's minds and you can't change people's habits or anything but you can still try to present your work and this is what this is how i see it this is you know i'm making a piece of art here it's not just i'm not making singles this isn't one quick news blurb that you're going to forget in five minutes. I mean, this is something that is very thought. It's very thought out. It's very thoughtful, and I mean it to be that way. Um, so I love it when I hear people like yourself mention that because it means that someone gets it, someone understands it, and someone's connecting with it. And ultimately, that's what we're all trying to do as songwriters and performers here have that connection so um you know we're not trying to reinvent the wheel and we're certainly not trying to change every anybody's mind necessarily but if we can remind someone 
that this is, you know, this is an experience that maybe they've forgotten about, then maybe they'll go back and relive that experience. Nice. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I think about the, uh, especially the last 10 years of the band where you guys have been, you know, a, a little more uh, frequent with releases and writing and touring. Um, obviously, right now is, not, you know, not indicative of what's going on, but that's the world. Um, do you guys still write the same way you always did? Does everybody bring in kind of their own songs and you work them up together, or do you still write, like, collectively? We don't really write collectively. Uh, we haven't done that in, in quite some time. Um, it's kind of been a different situation since around, we got back together, to be honest with you, around uh, Revelation, although Revelation has some ideas that were, um, some things that were left over from the Symbol of Salvation days. Uh, so that was, there's a lot more collaboration uh, songwriting-wise on Revelation but after that, we didn't make a record for 10 years until we got to La Raza. And then when we started writing that record, uh, John and I fell into a groove of writing the, all, of the, all of that record. And um, it uh, just sort of happened naturally. And, you know, we ended up doing it that way. And the other guys in the band recognized it and you know they didn't feel the need to contribute let's say uh, 100% so they just allowed that to, to happen naturally and really ever since then John and I just have this understanding just as writers we're just I don't know we have a connection and we're always on the same page well not always but most of the time we're on the same page about what we wanted to say musically and so um the other guys contribute it's never a closed door situation but ultimately the the the, the ship gets steered down this river and the person that is manning the ship is is me i'm the one who acts as the sort of the director of where you know the music is going to go and ultimately how it gets to the end as well so people can you know other guys in the band contribute i take the collaborations and i uh mesh them in with what we're doing already and then it ends up the final product in the end so you know the way to get it even a little further into detail without getting too geeky but um i'll make uh very elaborate demos at home i have a have a pretty decent home studio here and I go crazy with the demos I make them sound like albums you know I program the drums I play all the instruments I play mock leads even and um, I make them sound like finished product before I even send it to John so sometimes John is hearing this hearing even even it's just an idea of a song but it's usually in complete form. It's, you know, it's fully arranged. It's got all the parts there and everything. And I send it to him as sort of a finished product. And it usually really inspires him to get it that way. It, it's very rare where I, in fact, I never send him something that's more like a sketch pad. You know, I, I usually don't give him something until it's fully realized. And so he really gets inspired by that. He'll stick that in his car and he drives around town and 
he just cranks it and then just starts humming melodies and then next thing you know he's got some ideas for lyrics and then at that point he comes back to my house and then we start building the lyrics and the, and the melodies on top of the demo at that point and you know we sometimes make changes here and there like oh that part could be longer or this part's too long or um, you should repeat that or remove that or whatever um, but that's how it that's really the process of how it works and then we consider the song done when we're satisfied with it and we move on to the next one and it just keeps snowballing that way Nice, and so it makes sense that uh, you've been producing the latest Armored Saint records, and uh, you've produced other records too, but when it comes to sort of, uh, you know, getting performances out of your guys that you know for like 30, 40 years, is it difficult? Because I know that sometimes for artists who produce themselves, it's difficult to self-edit, but I wonder if that's an issue. You guys are all buddies, you know, professionals. Yeah, we have an understanding with, with each other. Um, I know... Um, I know these guys for so long, and I know I know all of their personality quirks. They know mine. Uh, I don't have the best bedside manner, um, but I also try to be extremely diplomatic, and I I'm able to push them in a way where nobody gets their fluff, you know, their feathers don't get fluffed too bad too badly, and, and nobody gets insulted or hurt. But I do it in a way where they remember they remember why I'm, I'm pushing them and they know that I'm it's nothing's personal going on it's just we're here for the same cause kind of a thing you know um, so it's been working great as far as that goes I think I I'm able to do that I, we just have an understanding with each other that I can get really good performances out of everybody um, with that understanding the harder thing probably is having anybody edit me because I, I tend to end up recording my bass parts alone and at the very end of the session and there's a reason for that but um, so I end up recording by myself a lot and you know there may have been times in the past where I would I would be indecisive about a performance like is that good enough <laughs> you know I don't know there's no one here to tell me otherwise you know um, but um for the most part, I, I've been able to scrutinize myself enough, not to the point of ruining, taking soul out of my playing, but also just making it good enough and and something, at least it's got to complement what's happening in the music. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's been working great as far as that goes, you know. Um, part of the reason why I work with other people when it comes time, like these engineers, I, I engineer myself as well, but I don't, I don't want to engineer and produce. You know, I, I, I just, I'll truly get snow blind if I did that. So that's why I like working with, like the guy who engineered Josh Newell, he, he did all the drum recording. Um, him and I, um, he, he, you know, I let him, I want to work with other people who I trust and who I have respect for because I want their opinions and I want them to tell me like you know is how is is that, you know are we going is, are we going in the right direction is that good um, is it good enough uh, could it be better you know what do you think I don't know this is what I think it would bounce back and forth and the same way with Bill Matoyer and also Jay Rustin who mixed it in the end um, I have put a lot of trust in them because I want their 
I want their input and I want their suggestions and uh, it's a it's a collaboration and I, and I welcome it you know Nice. Um, I've always been a fan of your bass playing. I'm glad you mentioned uh, recording your own bass and stuff. Um, I always felt your bass playing had a very lyrical sense to it. Um, I find the best bassists do have that kind of style. And, you know, this album is not just, a, you know, one flavor. It's many flavors. You know, it's heavy metal. It's hard rock. It's some thrash. There's a lot of stuff in here. And, uh, you know, you always seem to be able to play what the song needs and uh, always have that great Joey Vera tone. So I always appreciate that. Thank you, um, thank you. I, 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 I'm. That's what I'm trying to do. Uh, trying to serve the song. That's the thing. That's my number one game plan. Is what does the song want? Not not what do you want? Not you know. What, not, not what I want. What does the song want? Give the song what it needs and what it wants. And I've always tried to be that kind of a player. And I, I just think the song is the most important thing. Indeed, indeed. I just have a couple more quick ones for you, Joey. Thank you so much so far for your time. Um, you no know, problem. of course, things being what they are, as I mentioned at the top, tough to, tough to navigate this world. How do you feel about like live streams or like, uh, perf- like maybe recording, uh, performance for a you know virtual record release of some kind, or is that something that's not for you guys? Well, it's, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because we're actually doing one of those things. Um, and I'll be honest with you, it, it came to us as an idea from our booking agent, and at first we were uh, fairly turned off by it um, because it was an alien, it's an alien situation. Uh, you mean play a gig but with no audience? Like, what? that doesn't make sense. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it just doesn't make sense. That's not a gig. Um, but given in the this, this situation and the state that we're in, it's like you you could do this or you could do nothing. And we, you know, we kept our schedule stitched, situated with the uh, record release coming out October 23rd. That, well, that was going as planned. Everything else was going as planned. And we're like, yeah, but we can't even have a record release party, like even, not even socially with, with press or anything locally in LA or anything. So this idea came up and we said, well, let's, we, we need to, we should have a record release part of the gig, you know, and, and we'll stream it. I mean, we need to have some kind of connection with our fans. And this is one of the only ways we can really do this. Um, I think that a lot of people are excited and anticipating the new record coming out. And this would be a great way for us to connect. And it's, not just a local gig it's a worldwide thing people can watch this from anywhere in the world um so we decided to go for it we're doing it on october 10th so it's like a week and a half before the actual release date of the record october 10th is the live stream but you can watch the live stream for a full month after that so it's from october 10th all the way to november 8th and um it's available for um like on demand after October 10th, but you can watch it the first time on October 10th. That's the first live stream. That's the first date. Um, it's only 10 bucks. Um, you, all you gotta do is sign up at this website and log in and you can watch us jam out a full set um, in the comfort of your own home and uh, on your computer screen or on your 
phone or whatever you're doing. Um, we're going to do a full set, playing four brand new songs off the record. Um, we're also going to take some questions like from our Facebook page. I'm going to uh, kind of stoke fans to send in questions that they want to know about, anything they want to know about from us. And we're going to answer a bunch of questions. And we're going to try to have this kind of experience where we're in the same room with fans for an hour, an hour and a half. And like I said before, it's it's alien and it's weird and it's bizarre and it, 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 it almost doesn't make sense to me in some ways, but this is all we have right now. And we had to put all other plans on hold and who knows how long it'll be before we're ever gonna be able to play live again. I have no idea when that will be. So rather than sit around and wait and do nothing. We just want to make the best of it. We're going to treat it as a fun thing, something new and different. We plan on rocking out like normal. <laughs> right. uh, we're going to be we're being an empty venue except the whiskey in Hollywood. Of course. There won't be any, no one's allowed in to see it, but we're going to have a full camera crew and lights and sound and and you know it should be fun. It should be cool. Like I said, it's only ten bucks, and what you do is people go to, I'll give it a plug here, it's um, Armored Saint, one word, armoredsaint.veeps, V-E-E-P-S dot com, and you'll get all the info there, um, we also have some other packages, like if you want to, we have these t-shirts that are exclusive for this one and only show, and some signed CDs and stuff, but if you just want to see the gig, it's only 10 bucks, and um, we're looking forward to it, you know, it's going to be different and it's a little weird and I, and I think even for fans it's weird to watch gigs like this at home I've actually watched a few and I think they're cool I mean I crank it on my big screen TV and I watched the OPEF one for instance and I, I enjoyed it I thought it was awesome you know um, so October 10th is the date and um, like I said you can watch it all the way till November 9th and yeah that's that's my take on it all that's awesome. That's uh, really generous to let the fans have it for that long. I also have seen a few, and I perked up because I did see one that was done recently at the Whiskey, and I thought it was done extremely well. So that's great. great. That's really great. Um, yeah, man, just as a quick last question, I really appreciate that last answer. Uh, you know, I'm always curious about your other projects, so I, um, hopefully, if anything else, this downtime is a creative time, and... You know, I'm not sure if you're working on anything for Fate's Warning or Motorcester or any producing anybody else, whatever you got going on. I'd love to hear about it. Well, uh, the Fate's Warning record is done. Um, I, it's kind of funny because I went straight from one to the other. I like, handed off the hard drives to Jay Rustin for Armored Saint to start mixing right when the city of L.A. shut down. I think it was right around March 18th or something. And then... But literally a couple of days later, I started getting files sent from Jim Mathaios, uh to start recording Fate's Warning records. So I, and I, I worked from home. I did everything uh, uh, remotely. From I have the studio here at the house, so I did all my bass parts here by myself and would send them back via, you know, Dropbox or whatever. And uh, I was busy from March the end of March all the way to April doing the Fates Warning record and also ironically uh, when the when the shutdown happened in March uh, I was in the middle of tracking the new 
Motor Sister record. So we need to finish that because that got put on hold. All, all the studios in LA closed, so we couldn't go finish it. They're still not open, by the way. Um, so we're hoping to find some place that's going to start allowing a small group of musicians to come in to record, hopefully sometime in October. So we plan on uh, finishing up the Motor Sister record sometime around then. Uh, but that record is is coming along. It's, we got like, I don't know, I forget how many songs, 11 songs, 10, 11, something like that. Um, and all the, I think all the, we got all the bass and drums done right before the lockdown, like literally the last day of doing dr drums and bass. This, we were all watching the news, of course, and they was like, that's it, tomorrow, city sun down, everyone <laughs> left the studio, everyone went, ran out to the market, it was like 10, 10 11 o'clock at night, went to the supermarket, and there were massive lines, everyone was stocking up on food, it was crazy. <laughs> and that's the last time that a motor sister got together. <laughs> Damn. Uh, um, I mean, at least in the recording studio, and then... Uh, uh, so we're going to resume that in, in October and um, and then, uh, you know, getting ready for the Fates Warning release. I believe that's November, I forget the release date, 9th maybe? Um, but uh, we got a couple singles coming out and uh, I might do some playthroughs, some bass playthroughs for the Fates record. So I got that coming up. And uh, just keeping busy with uh, a couple more videos for Armored Saint, actually working on our second single as we speak it should be out in a couple of weeks and then a third single later in october for the release day so uh there's a lot of work still going on so i'm pretty busy awesome man i'm excited for all those things and i really appreciate you spending some time and sharing all the stuff with us it's always a pleasure and an honor to chat with you man thank you man it's good talking to you keith and appreciate you helping us spread the word and hope uh I hope sooner than later we can see each other in person again. That would be awesome. It's been a minute. Yeah. I'll see you uh, soon. Thanks, thanks, Joey. Thank you, man. Take care. Have a good one. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also, check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, check us out at ghostcultman.com. We're out. Peace.